Traditionally, I always wondered how you got into the share market. Looking at major platforms of managed funds, it was always massive amounts, over $2,000, $5,000 in order to get into the share market. And I always sat there wondering, how the hell do I build wealth? Anyway, COVID-19 last year, came across sharesies, boom, was able to enter the share market with just $5. If you'd like to start investing in the share market, check out the link in the show notes and get $5 to go towards your first investment. Check it out. Sharesies, investing made easy. Yeah. Four local dragsters gone past and took it all. It's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on, on, on the main street, inverted, inverted commas. Um, yeah. Luke, mate, um, I've got a question for you. How do the boys get paid, mate? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. So you're referring to uh, the, the big Facebook group that we have that's uh, centered around people having a, a beer and a bet. Uh, yeah. on horse racing and punting on sport. So, yeah, if you follow BGP, Boys Get Paid on Instagram or Facebook in the Facebook group, you should be able to find that and hopefully uh, you might find the odd winner in there. Yeah. So it's 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 still the odd winner. It's not everyone wins. No, unfortunately, you know, I wish gambling was that easy. I might not have to do any more accounting, but um, I just backed a sure thing then that run third. So there you go. <laughs> oh, the irony uh, for everyone out there that uh, has listened to your Keep the Change podcast or receiving the emails that uh, that the accountant, the uh, financial literacy man, is gambling. Um, yeah. But um, I spent, well, I didn't, I had a voucher, but uh, $129 on 20 rounds of ammo the other day for um, my hunting ventures. Uh, and I was joking with my mate the other day that um, he just bought a bigger pack so that uh, he can bring home more free meat. Um, it's yeah. just a hobby, right? <laughs> oh, mate, exactly. And, you know, it's a, it is a dangerous one because it can be bad with the wrong people, just like any type of substances. So whether it's drugs, alcohol, porn, you know, you name it, we can find ways to make things bad if we don't know how to get in control of them. And so we try and put out some education around that stuff as well and actually just explain what i've just explained there so people are aware of it because yeah i mean i've definitely had run-ins where i've bet more than i wish i had or i've bet when i've been drinking and gone like man that was so dumb you know i was so disciplined and then lost it all i lost my discipline during that you know phase of drinking and whatnot and so being open and honest about those types of things of that bgp community so that they're not living in this dreamland of okay i can make it back or i can chase my money or you know i can i can get that but definitely i've noticed as we've gotten older the great example you gave um some of my mates that sort of came into horse racing or punting as we were into it and they might have you know moved in with me or whatever and they've sort of got like this is pretty exciting and then their girlfriends are going hang on like you're losing money this is ridiculous but then they've gone and brought like shotguns that are thousands of dollars or gone on massive hunting trips that have cost them thousands and that's completely fine and we're like well you know it's it's interesting what people will justify and yeah and, and what people will be like no you can't do that that's bad yeah yeah and uh, i did have a quick flick through the the website and um hell of a day it lo- looks like looks like good fun yeah we do a big event in january which is a bit touch and go as to whether that'll be on this coming january um i hope it is but we've got that up to 850 people that come along now and we run a big punters club where everyone just chucks in 20 bucks through to a couple of hundred whatever and um you know we probably end up with a quarter of a million bucks to, to, to punt on people's behalf on crack a million night in, in January if, if it all still goes ahead. 
Yeah, nice. So, so what are, what are they doing? Uh, what are they getting out of it? Being a, a member. Yeah, so it's it's a community of like minded people basically, and I think the beauty that we had is that we set this up ten years ago, and it was just uh, then it was just designed to be a Facebook group so that we could chat to each other before Messenger was there. Mm-hmm. These days, it's just a giant group chat, but with twenty thousand odd people. Um, but people do really feel connected to it, and we try and do some cool things along the way, like you know we've done masks and stuff like that for. Um, when COVID kicked off and partly, you know, a bit of a branding play, but we've got, we've got a BGP foundation. So we do like a bit of fundraising. So it's about being good people. So the message is, yep, it's all good to have a beer and a bit, but at the end of the day, you want to be in here. You want to be trying to be a better person, um, being positive, looking out for other people in the community and just being a, a, a better bloke outside of this gambling and drinking and, and all those other things that are, have negative connotations that go with them. So doing a little fundraiser for Movember this month with some of the community. And it's just um, it's just turned into so many awesome friendships across New Zealand and even into Australia as well. So I think people get a good sense of identity to it um, and from it. And that's the cool thing is the the awesome stories that, that end up coming out of it through people just having a common interest in, in horse racing. Yeah, how did it all begin? So one of our mates was um, basically wanted a way that we could talk about horse racing on the weekend. And so he set up this group and just added five of us that don't mind having a bet. And was like, right, lads, here we go. You can post up your, your best bet for this weekend and whoever tips the, the winner gets the bragging rights. And it just slowly started getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we had 10 people, 20, 200, 1,000, then 2,000. And then when I quit my job, um, in my accounting job, I sort of had a bit more time to sort of play with it. And I started organizing just a couple of events around the country saying, hey, do you want to come to this? And all of a sudden we had 75 blokes um, flying in from around New Zealand to meet up in Wellington and go to the races together. And it was sort of like, wow, there's uh, there's something here. And we weren't pressing it to find out you know, exactly what was there. It was just like, man, that was awesome. Why don't we do it again? And so that's kind of what we've done. But you get to the stage with these types of things where it's like, okay, you know, what do you start saying no to and how often do you do this? Um, and do you want it to be your life or do you just want it to be, you know, something that you do um, sporadically? Because often, you know, a lot of people said, warned me, like the more you do this, you run the risk of enjoying it less. And so if we do things and I'm not enjoying them, I usually stop and talk to myself and be like, you know, you can't do this again. Or I really trust my gut when someone says, Oh, do you want to come down to, Oh, Maru and come for the weekend and we'll put you up. And I'm like, mate, I'm going to have to get my Atlas out to figure out even where that is or, you know, so trying to figure out who you say yes to, you can, you know, you can't, you can't be everybody's um, you know, solution because a lot of the clubs are sort of like, Oh, come to our club and you could organize this. And it's like, do you know how hard it is to get 200 people to turn up to one particular place at one time? So, yeah. Yeah, they do. That's why they're asking you to do it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we missed the work that goes in over the years to be able to make it happen. Yeah, no, I, I know down yep. in Chicago they sort of hijacked Christmas um, Christmas dues at, at their races, um, and I think that sort of turned it on for the old Ascot race course there for a while. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd say they'll be in, in doubt of of an event this year themselves. Yeah, it's all looking a bit scratchy. Was uh, yeah, it's a big shame <laughs> to use the term scratchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where did the the love of the GGs come from, mate? I think it was 
both my granddads were interested in it. And I think mm-hmm. I might have picked it up in the background from going around there and sort of been like, oh, what's granddad watching here? That was mum's dad. And then dad's dad would go to the races and that wasn't far from dad's place. And he'd be like, oh, we'll go see your granddad. We'll go to go to Ellerslie and here you go. You got two bucks. What horse are you going to put it <laughs> on? And I think I caught the bug, mate. I caught, caught the bug then. And then it was, you know, you get to university and, you know, you can start drinking, you can get a tab account. And that was sort of like the cool thing to do when we were turning 18. And I was a 17-year-old for a lot longer than some of my mates who were turning 18. That was sort of like, oh, I want to get in on this. You know, what do I have to wait till March next year? And so I think it a little bit was just that impressionable age of, oh, yeah, this is cool. Uh, I want to I want to do what my mates are doing. And then... Um, we were sort of betting on NFL and stuff and I, I had no idea about NFL and I can kind of still remember like putting on some of those bets being like, Oh, I've just literally been told by someone that this team's going to win. I'd have no idea. Mm. Um, and then one of our mates was into horse racing through his family. And so we started following it through him. And after a few weeks of watching it, it was like, Oh, that's the horse that run two weeks ago or oh you start to get that it's just like it's just like any other sport and i think sometimes i compare it for people who might watch motorsport once a year watching bathurst or something and it's very similar like it's all the same people all the same types of cars going around different circuits and the same person doesn't always win um it's just that most people don't ever pay enough attention to the sport for for them to understand it and it's too complicated so they stay away from it Hmm. And then on the sort of um, understanding side of things, have you sort of looked into the actual business side of of racing and sort of uh, studs and all that sort of jazz and actually owning horses and breeding horses? Yeah, I've been very lucky through BGP growing in that you know a lot of people in the industry have been very impressed with what we've done and very um, appreciative, actually, a number of them and sort of invited us into their homes or their studs or... Um, into a training regime and come and look, look around the stables and it's given me access to the entire industry basically to then actually understand sort of how it works I actually stood for uh, a directorship of the New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing Board and got down to the final two um, and missed out on that but that was a cool process to go to and sort of um, I sort of I went to an awards night with a family that helped us understand or get deeper into racing and I saw that there was a media award for racing and they had these annual awards in the thoroughbred racing space. And I sat there and thought, hang on, like with what we're doing with BGP, like we could, you know, we could win this award one day. Um, and fast forward a few years, we did, we did win the, the media award. They changed the media award to be inclusive of people creating digital content and things like that. And we won it in the first year. So true BGP style, we rolled up, you know, uh, hired a couple of tuxedos or brought a couple mm-hmm. from Helenstein's, I think. And Ben got shit-faced on the champagne. That's my good mate, Ben, who's been you know, a big part of it from the start as well. And uh, he can't really remember doing the, the the speech to, you know, to, to, to accept the award. And we carried on the night and woke up in the morning and we're like, wow, okay, it was uh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, we've pretty, got pretty deep into it now. We've ended up racing a couple of horses through the group and just with mates um, and visited different studs and understand like the money flow and probably like a little bit too much because it's interesting as you grow an audience or as you grow something, people sort of latch on to you for what you might be able to help them with. Mm -hmm. And having an accountant brain, I'm sort of like, I'm interested in some of those sides of things. So I'm always go back to follow the money. Like how's this industry funded? 
like, where is this breaking down? Why isn't this working? What's a better way to get it going? And so I'd find myself reading annual reports like all the good accountants do. And then I'm realizing like, oh, there's gambling acts from whatever year. And so then I've got a book that's like this big <laughs> on the gambling act and I'm studying that. And you just start going deeper down this rabbit hole. And sometimes you do sort of sit there and go, is this a good use of, of my time? But I always check it back to, am I happy? Is this bringing me some form of fulfillment? If not, I got to, you know, slowly turn it down. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask about going down that directorship. Um, what was the sort of why they, that took you that way? Yeah, so there was a, a, uh, one application that came up, basically or like one, one seat at the board. And it was something I'd sort of toyed with a while ago and I got and I thought in time maybe I could do that and I got shoulder tapped from a couple of people in the industry and they said mate like you should have a go at this and I was sort of like oh I don't know you know probably are they going to take me seriously like I'm just this guy that started a well so led like a Facebook group and um, you know we've grown it and whatnot and are they going to think oh what's this guy going to know because it's all selected by a lot of older people Hmm. and I kind of did it out of respect for the people that said I should have a crack and, and to challenge myself as well. And by the time I got there ready to do it, I was like, yeah, I'm taking this seriously. Like I'll give it a crack. But I was a bit worried it was going to get in the way of next advisory and things like that. Um, but I wanted to bring like a different element to their board setup of how do we think about younger people? How do we think about digital or marketing? How do we think about the future? Because there's a lot of self-interest in an industry that's low on cash. Hmm. Um, so that's that's what I was interested in. I just thought, okay, this will be a good way to challenge myself as well and get around some pretty smart people. And yeah, there was a got down to sort of the final three. Had to fly down to Wellington and, and rock into this interview. And you've got about like nine people around the table just smashing you with questions. And you know, you're the you're the young buck, and it's like, shit, I'm fighting an uphill battle here. But basically, they. I didn't get picked for it, but they wanted me to sort of shadow the person that did or, or start coming to things and do a directorship course. Um, and then I would most probably get put onto the board at some stage. And I'm a sort of all in or all out type person. And I was like, I'm not like you either want me for what I've got now and I'm only going to grow as part of this or you don't want me. So that's, there's no like, Oh, let's have Luke's expertise on the side and what he can mm. bring to the table and, you know, and he'll get to do a directorship course. I'm like, fuck, that's the last thing I want to do with a directorship course when I've done like eight years of study to be a chartered accountant to sit through more of that shit, <laughs> um, you know, and just get absolutely tired by on top of growing a business and stuff like that too and maintaining the separation from BGP. Yeah, so what, what was entitled with this directorship course? I never didn't even know it existed. <laughs> Yeah, mate, there's a thing called the Institute of Directors. And yeah, it's no, sort I have of, heard uh, of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you can pay and be a, a member of them as such. And people that are you know, in business and whatnot might go through some of their courses or they might um, get accredited so that then they can go and look at directorship roles. So they've got a whole bunch of courses that you can roll through to sort of throw some extra words after your name and look look a bit more important i don't you know i'm talking it down a little bit but i just kind of think that model's a bit broken and those things are changing i think these days boards and things need to be made up by people that have done shit and that have got experience in something like if i wanted to start a podcast i'm not going to ring up a director and be like oh you know how, how do i start a, 
a podcast you've been to the institute of directors you must know everything i'd be like i'm going to find someone that started a podcast like yourself mm. and i'm going to ask them and i'm going to know what to do yeah no and i think it's quite you brought up an important point there about taking action and it's almost like um you hear the complaints from boards oh there's no one coming through and then you hear the complaints from younger people like oh there's no pathway for succession and then it's like well have you put your name in the hat and, and try it out because yeah. like um there's a there's a uh, girl down in, in um northern Manawa too uh, rangatiki there uh heather g taylor and she's like 21 or so and on on the council and it's like she just put her name in the hat and away she went wow. and yeah and it's like you know have you tried <laughs> Nice, yeah. Yeah, I said to a lot of our community as BGP was growing, like if you're in a region and you want to be involved in a racing club, like just turn up and to one of their meetings and say, hey, I'm what, like, how do I get involved? And I was doing that when I was in Harbour and Taranaki, helping out there. Um, and it was, again, that, you know, the committee sort of, who's this young fella? What's he going to add to this? And then the other people being like, we need this. Um, mm. This is what we need. We need young, different thinking and you can literally see like the two different sort of mindsets of that I need to protect why I'm important versus the shit we're losing touch. We need someone like this to help out. Yeah, I even found that with uh, NZDA down in Hastings. Um, that just sort of changed the reins over to a younger um, president and, and treasurer. And then sort of vice started suggesting some people that had come and talk to the meetings, make the meetings a little bit more exciting and then... Sure enough, AGM comes around. It's like, Ryan, you're on the committee, eh? And I was like, oh, okay. Am I? Yeah, <laughs> Am I? Okay. yeah let's go. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's, it's on my to-do list, yeah. speaking of speaking of taking action, of uh, getting along to a meeting here in Tokoroa. And, and um, yeah, because I hear that uh, they need a little bit of succession to give them uh, some, some lifeblood. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice one. Well, I mean, yeah. it's for everybody that's um, got an area that they're passionate about. Like I often say to people, they're like, oh, you know, I'd love to do something with animals. I'm like, why aren't you volunteering with the SPCA on your weekends? Like, stop the chat and go and fucking do something, you know. So let's see how much you really want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And and you're going to find out if you're really interested in it. If you're not, you're going to like, you're going to know, oh, um, actually, that's not that exciting to me because I think people dream of quitting their jobs and working with animals or something like that. I'm like, well, don't quit your dog, job to do it. Just do it in your spare time and see if you really do like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a tangent. Yeah, no, but it is. It's like there's all these hours in the day and um, you sort of hold these dreams up there um, and then it's kind of like, well, you know, how interested in, in it are you? Do you want to make that dream a reality or do you just want to keep it sitting out there as, mm. as dreams and, and coming up with all the reasons? It was, um, you know, for example, going hunting, it's like, oh, people, all these people say, I want to go hunting. I was like, well, you literally go. <laughs> and, yeah. and you are poor, poor at it and then you get better um, and if, yeah. you don't, if you don't like it then you know that actually no I don't want to go hunting um, or you know it's a bit like um, I've got this dream of getting into deer farming and so I did a course uh, through uh, Telford down there in Balcluther and I've been on some farms and I've you know been in the yeah. pens with some deers gone to some deer sales and things like that and I'm like yeah, that's that's cool. I like that. And, and like COVID last year, luckily I was on a on a farm and there was in a Hawks Bay drought, which was horrible. And I'm like, nah, I still quite yeah. like farming. It's it's cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you got to try these things, right? Yeah, yeah worked, worked on a dairy farm, and it comes quite quite handy when you're in a place like Tuggeraa, um, testing eyes. You can bring up chat about um, milking cows and you know how many yeah. pregnant. Uh, have you cut some solids lately, like that. You know they love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bloody hell! Makes you more relatable to people, right? Like outside of the cities and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
you, you said you brought up there like quitting your accounting job. Um, how did next advisory start, mate? Like, yeah. So Phil and I, um, we we've now got next advisory. We've been going over four years. Um, we've built that from the ground up. So it's accounting and a business advisory firm. So we take people through. We did one this morning actually for our session. We take people through uh, methodology. We call the winning formula to set up their business for success for the next twelve months. And then we meet with them quarterly. And basically, it's like a personal trainer in the gym, but for your business. And then they've got access to us throughout the year to basically sense check ideas or say, look, I think we're going to change direction of where we're going. What do you think about this? So that's sort of what we do day in, day out. Um, and then accounting and sets of accounts and the boring side of, side of it, but it all needs to be done. But Phil and I were working together in another accounting firm and I'd moved up from Hawada, which is a small town in Taranaki. And I was just like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. I'd ended up there because I was with a girlfriend um, and then that that all ended, but I stayed there. I really enjoyed my job. I liked it. I had a good life, had an easy life, had good mates, good money, had a house, um, had a football team that I played in, just loved it. And but I knew deep down, I was like, this isn't this isn't for me. Like, I don't think this is where my life is supposed to finish. I think there's more for me to go and have a crack at. So I ventured up to Auckland, got a job reasonably easy in the accounting space. And yeah, I, um, I started there and got a fucking huge fright in the first week like drove in stayed with my sister she lived in Auckland drove in took me 40 minutes to get to work and I'm going like holy shit you know what's where are these cars going what's going on here it used to take me three minutes to get to work then Mm. nowhere to park I'm paying for car parking and I'm like 18 dollars to park for four hours I'm like I'm gonna have to come back to this meter so you know you end up deep in straight away and by about the Thursday I think I'm like crying being like like, man, this job sucks. The traffic sucks. It's less money. Like, what have I done? I've just moved from all of those comforts to this just absolute shit show. And so I was sort of questioning, like, I was, I don't think I was ever going to go back, but I was just sort of like, this, this isn't good. I need to find some solutions to, you know, to look after myself here, basically. Um, and so anyway, stuck it out there. And then I was flying down to Palmerston North to see mum. And I sat next to a guy and he was explaining to me on the plane, he was explaining to me how he'd just been trying to claim his school donations. Hmm. And parents can claim back a third of their school donations. And I said to him, um, oh, it's so easy. And he was like, mate, it was so hard. We had to get all these receipts and you had to fill this form out. And the form was hard. And I'm like, mate, that's the easiest part of our tax legislation in New Zealand. And he was like, if you could find an easier way to do it, that would be amazing for parents. And so I started digging into it and realized that heaps of people were like him. They weren't claiming their school donations. They weren't claiming any donations back or a third of them um, because it's just too much hassle. And so I was telling Phil about it and Phil's like, you know, there's an opportunity here and we, we started to build out, um, you know, a bit of a cash flow forecast of how this business could go and how we go about it. And I've been speaking to, I'd always had like ideas along the way, uh, even after leaving university. And so I had sort of connections and, um, you know, building a website and a database through other ideas and stuff I'd had when I was back in Taranaki. So I called up this guy and said, mate, this is what we're thinking about doing. Do you think you can build it? And he's like, mate, that'd be easy. So Phil and I, Basically, we built that um, and it was an online platform for people to be able to work their way through. And we thought this thing's just going to hum and we're going to, you know, we're going to be, we're not going to be rolling in it, but we're going to be, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to need this job. So I'm like, I'm going to bring this job, just focus on this full time. Um, so that's a pretty loose play looking 
back. <laughs> uh, but I've been cheating myself up with so many like motivational videos and taking risks and stuff. And so I had to tell the director, I was like, look, I'm quitting, but we didn't really say why um, because we're a bit, you know, worried about where we, was it actually going to work and were they going to be like, oh, well, how's Phil going to be involved when he's working here like 80 hours a week because this place was a shit show and battling and we were just having to thrash ourselves to try and stay afloat there. Um, so we just sort of said, look, I said, look, you'll see, you know, you'll see in time. But I was like, mate, I just, I've got more in me again. So like the horror situation was like, I need to just jump off the building and I know the parachute will open. I just hope that it opens in enough time that I don't splash and hit the, hit the ground. Mm. Um, he was like, what, what was your um, worst case contingency? Uh, get another accounting job, mate, you know, that's right. Like, Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and move home you know i did a really good exercise that i encourage people to do it's like if you think you really want to change your life up go through the last three months of your bank transactions and look at every expense and figure out which ones you could get rid of and i mean get ruthless like do you need to pay rent well if you live in the town of your parents you do not need to pay rent say look i'm thinking about quitting my job can i move back in if this doesn't go any good they're not going to say no but you know the old one may but go through through and work out what expenses if I really need to lean my life down can I get rid of like sorry I'm gonna have to go out I mean go you know away from going out on the weekends and stuff like that you can remove all of those expenses and realize actually you can live off like a very small amount of money Mm. Um, and so that was sort of my worst case scenario was move home have no cash have to go back to accounting Um, so anyway we we got school rebates rolling and it was very evident very quickly that it wasn't going to be scalable to the stage that we thought it was. We thought that everyone didn't do it because it was too hard. No one did it because they didn't know they could do it. So we were spending thousands on Facebook marketing. And that's how I started learning about Facebook advertising and stuff um, to get in front of parents. And they were like, thanks for the information. I'm going to go to the IID and do this. And I'm like, oh, dear. So we were left with the sort of my food bag type people that just wanted us to do it for them. And we clipped the ticket for 15%. Mm. But it was very, yeah, very um, monotonous and, and very repetitive. So we outsourced it up to Fiji um, and, and built a small team up there to take care of most of it. And then Phil was staying at his job where we were working together. And his idea was that he may buy into that business or become like a partner. That's kind of like the cool thing to do if you're an accountant and you work up the, the scale. And he rang me one day and was just like, mate, what do you think about us building out our own accounting slash advisory firm and do it the way that we want to do it? And I'm like, mate, tell me when you want to get started. So he, um, you know, it's a bigger risk for him. He's got three children, he's got a mortgage and his you know, wife's probably going, what the hell, like you're, teaming up with this young fella that you've only known for 18 months you've he's already just built kicked in a job. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got no cash school rebates is taking your guys cash you're off the fiji to try and get all these uh tax returns and stuff done so yeah basically we, we sat down and we're like let's go away we went away to fiji um to see the staff up there for school rebates and we're like let's do our own planning because we couldn't let school rebates get in the way of the next advisory stuff. So we needed to get that humming and get it self-sufficient so that we could mm-hmm. focus on next advisory. And we started with absolutely zero clients. And it was like, right, how are we going to get some clients? Um, what work do we want to be doing? What values are we going to live into? What work are we going to say yes to? What are we going to say no to? Who's going to do it when it starts getting too much? And so we just started planning out our next five years. And that vision of what we created for the five years is basically four fifths of the way built um and so that's now kind of the framework that we take other business owners through Mm -hmm. 
So that answers the question in about half an hour. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Bit of a yell. No, it's, it's, it's bloody good. I like that. What, what was um, some of those that content that was um, getting you ready to base jump, man? Oh, so I've got a, um, a list of videos that I've sort of saved on YouTube that are either people that have taken risks, that sort of motivational type speeches. Um, there's just there's just all sorts in there, just the randomest stuff. And I'll just flick through it every now and then and be like, mint, haven't listened to that for ages. It might be, you know, a bit of Gary V. Um, I've got like a replay of um, Thorpe, the swimmer Thorpe, like winning some like yeah, what gold a hero. medal and just, yeah. <laughs> just like random stuff like it's, that. It's not the, like, cr- wow. the classic Ray Warren, Hackett and Thorpe uh, commentary. <laughs> uh, it is, mate. It is. I listened to it. Going stroke for stroke. <laughs> yeah. Is he a man? Yeah, it's just outstanding. <laughs> But stuff like that, you know, and you're like, you need to remind yourself all the time that, um, you know, that you're powerful and that you can do so much more than what you think you can. But we just live in these sort of bubbles of like, okay, that's my ceiling. And then you need to look outside of your bubble every now and then to realize like, oh, holy shit. That, you know, imagine if they just thought the way I thought. They they, mm, they can't. Mm. They must think way bigger. What am I doing? I need to start thinking bigger. And so just little things like that to kind of G me up and, I just knew, I just, I think it just helped me build up my own self-confidence that whatever happened, I would be sweet. And I was really lucky that I got supportive parents that were in Auckland and, you know, I said to dad and, and his wife, like, hey, can I move back home if this all goes pear-shaped? And they're like, you know, fill your boots. So it's pretty cool. We're in an office space now um, in downtown Auckland and we didn't have an office for four years. It was sort of our play not to have one hmm. for next advisory. And I got to see my uh, parents uh, a message this um like last week and just said we're slowly getting into our office i just want to say thank you guys for the support you're showing me um that it doesn't feel like that long ago where i was sitting in the lounge you know working till 11 o'clock and you guys going like hey you probably need to go to bed you know what Mm -hmm. are you up to um and you know trying to get our first clients and now we're paying eight grand for a car park for the year or something like that so things can change we just thank them for their support and and it's you know and for having belief in me because my whole family has always been very um they've always had like probably more belief in me than i had or i've had that my whole life of people saying like oh this guy's gonna go far and i think i was like waiting for that to happen i'm like when Mm. when's that gonna happen and i got to that realization point that doesn't happen until you actually make it happen yourself and then you prove all those people right and you're like oh that's what they were talking about so you know just to thank them for continuing to encourage me and, and give me that support and i think you know for anyone that's wanting to do something major with their life or make a big change you need to find people that are gonna not question why you're doing things like they're just gonna support you and they're gonna be like okay like that's outstanding i'm here if you need anything not like oh why do you want to do that for or, how do you think you're going to do that or you can't do that you know, those mm. are, don't talk about don't talk to them until you've done it yeah hard out and it was um old Dr. Paul Wood had a post the other day and it was kind of like, oh, who are your external heroes? And I brought it up on a podcast on Monday, uh, The Human Now, and I kind of said, in 1999, when the new pool opened up in Invercargill, um, they had the New Zealand Open Champs there for swimming, and old Daniel Loder rocked up and it was like, there's that guy. That's the, that, yeah. that guy's won Olympic gold medals. Like, he's a yeah. human right there. And it was like, you know, I don't, you know, I didn't realise at the time, and I was like, well, that, was a, that was probably a big start, uh, spark of like, shit so much as possible and that's that's one yeah. of those people that made it happen and like you say they must think different and like reading yeah. reading david beckham biographies reading old you know lance, lance armstrong you know would do anything old lance armstrong <laughs> um and it's yeah. like 
holy shit, these, these people, they do think different and they're ruthless on just like going to do it. Like who are some of your sort of external heroes, man? Yeah. Uh, just on that, I think what I saw that was really cool during the Olympics is I think it was uh, Lisa Carrington's school mm. where she went, like all the kids watching her and cheering her home. And, and I thought, wow, that's that's the cool thing about the Olympics is that you don't know who in that group is going to be inspired to be the next leader or the next counsellor or, you know, the next Olympian, the next gold medalist, like the next Commonwealth athlete. Like you just don't know because you don't know what um, their trajectory is based off of them getting some of that inspiration. But uh, in terms of external people, I've always been a massive The Rock fan. Hmm, um, yeah. of, um, Can you do the eyebrows? <laughs> nah, no. Chop, chop the elbow down. I'll even, I'll even go back. There's a, there's a video on YouTube where he comes back to Madison Square Garden and, and you know how they bring him back all the time on the WWE. Can kiss and, my sandy ass. <laughs> and he beats this dude called Rusev, and he just rolls in, just performs, and just crushes it. And every time I watch it, still. I'm just, I just about know it word for word now. And, and, you know, I used to be like, I'll watch this in private. So no one knows I'm watching it now. I'm like, fuck, look at this performer. Like, how good is this guy? Like, what the hell? Um, I've just always admired his, his chat about hard work. And I think rightly or wrongly, like I've always sort of thought growing up that I'm not the most talented bloke. I was never like real good at football, um, but I like playing it. And, I would sort of get a bit sulky, like, fuck, if only I was better at this, you know, I would, you know, mm. I'd be able to go further. And these guys are lucky they're more talented. And then I realized, like, actually, I'm prepared to work hard. A lot of people aren't. So that's that's where it's in favor of me. And that's probably something I've learned from The Rock. Like, oh, just outwork other people. You don't need to worry about any of that shit. So when I played football, for instance, in Taranaki, I would always say to the younger people, like, if we're in a tight game, that were really good. I'm like, mate, I'm going to run for you all day, but you need to win me the game because I can't do it. Like, I can't win the game, so that's on you. And then just bang, walk away and like leave them to be like, shit. And people that are really good at things, they'll take, they'll just like, okay, yep, I've got the message. I know what I need to do. Hmm. And they will go and like win a game. And you sit there being like, how good? Like, I didn't need to do that. I couldn't have done that. How the fuck did they just do that? And you just work your ass off to, to help talented people have a platform that they can build on top of. So I think the rock, um, that lesson really like resonates with me. I've always been into hard work. I just like it. I like working as well and finding things that I like doing work on. Um, there's a bloke called Ray Dalio who, mm -hmm. yeah, is uh, got some great content out there, but older runs one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. Um, always interested in how his brain's working and what he's teaching people about and thinking about, um, who else? Probably like people that make it to like the sur or um, dame status and mm -hmm. lady status and whatnot in New Zealand of like, shit, how did they get there? What contribution did they leave? What impact did they leave on the country? Um, that's a, yeah, that's a big driver for me, like seeing how people dedicate their lives to different problems. Um, and you might not have even heard of them and then you read about them and go like, wow. I didn't even, I've never heard of this person. This is what they've, they've dedicated their life to like solving this problem or working on it. And they're so happy and they love it. And you're like, just a good reminder of just find the thing that you like working on and see how many people you can help with that thing that you're working on. And eventually the universe will reward you in turn for what you're doing.
Because mm-hmm. it's one of your sort of North Stars, isn't it? Um, finishing off with uh, Sir Luke um, by the yeah. name. Like, where, where did that idea come from? It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's quite a while ago now. And I sort of thought, like, I just, I, I realized quite a while ago that I really like helping people. And that gives me a lot of fulfillment. Mm. And I sort of thought, well, if that's, like if someone's like, oh, you know, what do you what do you like doing? I'm like I like helping people. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, how do you do that? So now I'm trying to find different ways to help people, and then work on those if I genuinely like really like them, and I'll keep working on them. And I thought, well, the goal for me or the metric is, can I really help enough people to then be a stir to be recognised? Like, shit, this person has, like I said before, dedicated their life towards helping people and and making a contribution bigger than themselves. And that's kind of our ultimate reward for that in New Zealand. So I thought that's kind of my North Star of, okay, if I start getting peppered with, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? It's like, is this going to help me get closer to one of these goals? And it's a hard one because often if you just look at it as helping someone, it's like, well, then yes, it it probably is, but you can't say yes to everything. So it's sort of, can I pick a few different fields and then work on those and then say the yes to things in, in those options. And is it actually getting me closer um, towards that, that end outcome? That's mm. uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool idea. And, and like, yeah, having an all-star and then having something to align to with, with what you say yes to, that's pretty, that's pretty powerful. Um, does, it, does it take a lot of the decision-making out of things? You, know, you just can get a gut, gut feel for that's a yes or... What's the, what's the old saying? Yeah. How, how yes or fuck no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's definitely sped up some of my decision-making. Um, I think when I first started out with like school rebates and stuff, I would just meet with anyone and everyone. They'd be like, hey, I want to catch up with you before they've even said what about. I'm like, yeah, but we, what time we're? And mm. who's paying for the coffee? And mm. I would sit through these meetings and be like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is an absolute waste of time. Like, they're just trying to sell me something or I can't help this person. I can't add any value. So... With every sales call I do now, I call it a sales call, but it's really like, is this person a good fit for next advisory? I'm just like, if we can help you, like what does help look like for you? And if they can clearly articulate that and we can do it, I'm like, sweet, let's roll. If not, I'm like, we're not you guys, but I probably know somebody that can help with that. And so, you know, I think if people can identify what it is that they need help with, you can you can find it so much faster. It's when you get stuck and you don't know what you need help with that it gets a little bit trickier um but yeah it's definitely allowed me to as i've gotten busier i'm like i need to protect my time and so i will look at things and be like okay is that is that just a glorified piss trip that i need to go on or is it actually going to build a set of relationships that bgp might need in the future or um you know that i can use for keep the change or things like that so it'll you know it'll it'll shape what things I say yes to and what things I say no to. And also it kind of like checks my behavior a little bit of, hmm, can a sir be acting like this? And I'm definitely no saint, that's for sure. You know, I'd probably, I'd probably be too risky to give a sir status to at the moment <laughs> because uh, I'm probably probably still living too much of a crazy life. Yeah, speaking of value, old Mike, Mike King's devalued it. He's, he gave it back, like, um, you know. I see that. Yeah. yeah. Not, not impressed with uh, the government's stance on, on what he's trying to do, but... um. Yeah, it's almost like it's going, going double or nothing with it. I think with what the amazing work he's doing with I Am Hope and, and Gumboot Friday. So, yeah, that, yeah, that's an idea. 
Yeah, I hope he doesn't crush himself, you know, because I've sort of watched that journey a little bit and mm. every now and then I just look at him and think, man, like he looks tired or he looks beaten up or he looks like, are you fighting the problem that you're trying to solve or are you fighting the people that aren't trying to help you solve the problem? Hard out. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he would have smart people around him that are looking after him. But when you do start trying to solve like a big problem, then – you know, it's it's a never-ending battle because a lot of these things can't actually be solved because there's always people that don't want the help, and that's the that's the tricky thing. Whether that be with mental health, or whether it be with exercise, or eating better, or financial literacy, or anything, right? Like it's it's always it's tricky um, to figure out like how deep you go. And I've heard someone give advice to someone that's trying to feed a number of people, and there's basically like you know don't let this take over your life. Like you've got to have something left for yourself because you could give this 24 hours of the day and it will need 26 of them. So, you know, be very careful. And yeah, you do see that happening for some of these people. They get so deep into the things that they're trying to fix or solve or add value into. And you wonder shit, what tolls they're taking, you know, on their life that they can't see. Yeah, definitely that, uh, Last Gumboot Friday, he was pretty zonked out. Um, he seemed a little mm. bit better um, on on Saturday this time around. So he's he's yeah. hoping uh, he he got a at least a life and, and some reward, and then and is able to have a little little break and celebration around things. Um, sort of one thing you were talking about there on, on the clients that you're aligned with. Um, and I had the situation today was yeah, where I'd I'd been given an offer to purchase something, so it w- I was being sold to. And, you know, I had that moment of, oh, I just won't reply to that one. And, you know, it can go away. And then I was like, you know what? Now that person needs a hard no um, and, and carry on. And in the world of of, uh, of ghosting people, you know, that, that, that's, that's the term from, from old Tinder. Like, yeah. where, do you th- where do you think that uh, something that gives you a little bit of accountability to say, hey, look, no, um, we're not wasting each other's time here. Let's carry on. It's like assertiveness, yeah. isn't it? Mm, I think um, one thing that Phil always says is tell the truth faster. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. It's such a good saying because it's with those types of situations, it's like, okay, this is a clear no for me. I tell them no so that they can tell the truth faster. You can tell the truth faster, sorry. And then they can carry on and they can find their next, excuse me, they can find their next yes. Um, mm. And I think, you've kind of to speed your life up when you get busier, you've got to start getting better at some of that stuff because you start letting go of the, Oh, I just didn't want to offend them or Mm. I didn't want to, you know, um, tell the, the entire truth because I was a bit embarrassed or whatever. Like people that are moving fast, they don't care about, they, they start to spot excuses rather than like, okay. um, I didn't want to hear that. You know, people that are, achieving things they don't get as upset by feedback as people that are scared to hear it mm. and and worried about what it's going to be you know people that are hungry are usually seeking it and like okay tell me more what does that mean how come it's a no when could it be a yes mm. or yeah is it never a yes and yeah and we can move on and it's the same like uh when you're in alignment you're gonna know know when that happens and you're gonna move on and you're gonna focus on what matters and it's also yeah. like, um, you know, problem solving in an organization. If, if someone's sort of holding up a step, it's kind of like, well, can I take some actionable steps to 
you know, move past this hold up, you know. And I had a little bit of a situation of that like that this week, and it's kind of like, well, what what extra things can I do to make this easier um, and, and yeah. move forward? Because I need this, and I, and I can't be waiting on on some somebody else, and like especially yeah. for something that doesn't affect them, but it affects me um, and yeah. my ability to work. So, yeah, no, nice. it's, it's um, it might be a couple of things here. It could be like like I always talk to clients about desired outcomes or people mm. in meetings, so or even people that are going for like a um a job interview for instance and and you you know you you make it such a big deal in your head and you're like oh shit what should i wear um hmm. or what if they ask me this question and blah 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 and it's like hang on let's go back to basics here what's the desired outcome the desired outcome for them is that they need a staff member to fill this role and hmm. you potentially want another job like let's they're gonna come into that interview asking you questions that are going to either tell them whether their desired outcome is you as an employee in that role or not and you can when you understand that you're like okay this is probably the things they're going to need to know then and this is maybe some questions i could ask them so you could start flipping it and be like what does a perfect if i was to take this role what does a perfect employee in this role look like all of a sudden you flip the whole interview and they start telling you exactly what they're looking for no more guessing. You're like sweet, and then you, you know, you 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 can figure a lot of things out by just figuring out in a situation, a relationship, or a conversation. Okay, what's the desired outcome here? And even mm. for us with clients, it's like, what are you, you know, what are you trying to achieve with this business? Oh, I want a million dollars. Well, what would you do with a million dollars? You know, what's the what's the true desired outcome? It's like, okay, I want to be able to pay for my children's education or whatnot. And you can slowly start to get to the things that people really desire and they'll work harder to try and get those things. Mm. Um, and then the other piece is just like, I had this the other day with main freight, not delivering my, my weights. Um, <laughs> and I was being like, so excited for the turn. <laughs> for them to Who'd turn you get them from? Uh, Elite fitness. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Just brought a barbell through lockdown and yeah. So pissed up for them to arrive. And I basically was like, don't worry about, me picking them up, just deliver them, pay the extra 45 bucks and then got the notification called main Freighter got these. And I was like, sweet. They'll be here within the, in the day. Surely week later I'm ringing them and they're ringing me to say, oh, look, there's nothing we can do. And I just keep asking the guy, I'm like, like, are you sure there's nothing we can do? Like, is there any other solution? Could I come and get them? Um, could I meet you halfway? Like, where's, where are they right now? Like, what is there? And so actually trying to find what, what can we do to progress this forward? Um, and they ended up, they said, we'll, we'll have to deliver them tomorrow. You're shit out of luck. And then they turned up that afternoon, got the phone call, mate, I'm about to deliver your weights. I'm like, sweet. So if I didn't ask those questions of like, what else could we do to progress this? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten them on that day. So what, what was the situation there? Was it like left elite? Like they don't even ha- have them. They have them in a logistics warehouse and goes main freight, picks it up. And like, that sounds like it was all within Auckland. It was, mate. It was, it was my fault. Like, I should have just picked them up, but I was like, nah, I'm more efficient than this. I won't drive 20 minutes to pick them up. I'll pay for them to get delivered. It'll save me a trip back and forth. And yeah. it's out of my, you know, I don't need to worry about it. Price fuel, fuel these days, probably 40 bucks fuel anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but it backfired on me because Main Freight picked it up and then must have just like scheduled it for, oh, we'll deliver this when we can sort of thing. Um, and that when we can was dragging on to be like a week. And it, uh, Elite Fitness are like, well, we've 
we don't have it anymore. It's, it's gone. It's out for delivery in, in our eyes. Like we've completed our part of the deal. And I'm like, damn it, I should have picked <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Now. oh gosh, no, mm. just logistics. What a gig. Yeah. yeah, tough stuff. <laughs> tough stuff. Yeah, mate. Um, you you brought up keep the change. Um, of sign up to the the money talks letters. I was I was quite stoked that the day before the first email arrived, I'd actually done my position statement. I was like, yes, I'm on. Good man. I'm on 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 task here. So, yeah. where where the how does that idea come from? And you said that you you know dabbled in some Facebook marketing and and building, um. Oh, what, what's the word called when you got a whole bunch of people's email addresses? Audience. Oh, yeah, database. Yeah. Databases, yeah, and audience. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, how did it all start rolling? Are you yeah, at the 5,000 yet, by the way? Nearly, nearly. Nearly. Oh, so, so if people are hearing this, you could yeah. win 500 bucks worth of Bitcoin just by signing up. There you go. There you go. Yeah, all stocks. Yeah, just going to give away a $500 investment of someone's choice, basically, to... One of the readers that opens up the email that goes out once there's 500, uh, 5,000 subscribers. So, yeah, there's been, that's been going since May 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, when I go home to my dad and my stepmom, often we end up talking about problems in the country and politics and, you know, things that are going wrong. And often it'll come back to, like, oh, we need better personal financial education uh, my stepmom was kind of like to me, well, what, when are you going to do something about it? I'm like, that's a great, great question. Good call out. Okay. Um, and so I'd sort of been toying with this idea of putting together a big content bank of lessons and just saying, hey, if you want them, you can come and jump into this folder and you can learn them. And then I thought people are going to like, it's going to be too hard. And so I gave it to a group of people and said, hey, look at this and you know, half of them came back and were like, mate, this is mint. And, you know, a couple of them were like, oh, look, I, I started looking, but, you know, there's too much in there. And then, you know, the 30% is like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. I, I insert excuse here. And I thought this isn't going to work if I just try and, like, give all of this information as a Google Drive or something and be like, you know, help yourself. Mm. So I thought I like storytelling. I like writing. I find it, like, therapeutic. I wonder if I could write something each week. Um, and send out an email and so then people are not only learning every Friday but then they are thinking about money every Friday and I think that's part of the problem is that we don't think about our finances enough to get a reminder of like okay what am I doing in the right frame usually we're thinking about finances of I spent too much oh shit like I spent more on the weekend than I was going to now I'm going to work and I you know, spent 200 bucks on Jager bombs and Zan mm-hmm. Booker shots or something and I hadn't even planned to and I'm still dusty from Saturday and you're regretting it and you're thinking about money in a negative way. So I wanted to flip it where people are thinking, okay, every week I'm learning, I'm thinking about my finances um, and I'm starting to build a financial position, which is what businesses do and they build out their assets minus their liabilities. If you go and borrow from the bank, they're going to say, what's your net position? And you're going to say, oh, I've got no idea what you're talking about. And that's basically what assets do you have, what liabilities and loans and debts do you have, and then that gives you a, a net position as such. And businesses that report on the NZX and that report to shareholders, they do this like quarterly, monthly, annually. And I think, well, if it's good enough for business, like it's good enough for people. So I'm trying to reteach what businesses are doing that are succeeding and be like, if they're doing it, then why aren't we doing it? And then we can basically mirror some of those things that are working for 
for them and get ourselves further down the path. So each month I encourage people to basically stop for 30 minutes, think about their finances and be like, right, what does my next month look like? What money have I got coming in? What have I got that's going out? Um, have I saved anything? Can I save anything? Where am I saving that? What, what debt do I have? What debt am I trying to chunk down and start building out 30-day goals, 90-day goals, one-year goals? And it's, it's similar. It's a blend of like the next advisory work we do with what businesses are doing and just trying to help people educate themselves so that they understand financial literacy more. Um, and so every Friday we send out a, a newsletter at 9 a.m., for people to learn something about money, but again, a reminder for them to start thinking about their finances. Mm -hmm. And if you're more of an audio person, you can dive in and, uh, and, and listen to them all. Uh -huh. And um, look, I don't know what it is, mate, but you're able to get across most of your message at two times speed, so it's fantastic. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm a huge, huge user of the two and three X speed on uh, Three X, oh, that's outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it starts getting a bit full on, but yeah, I. I didn't do a podcast to start with because part of me, and to be fair, that's probably the hardest thing about Keep the Change is once I've written it, then I'm proofreading it, I'm testing it, I'm making sure that it's all formatted correctly and there's mistakes and shit in it, but like, I mean, that it's actually going to go out properly to 5,000 people getting there and, you know, it didn't really matter, it was a few hundred, but then I made a mistake in one of the weeks and had to correct that. But basically, um, by the Sunday, I'm sort of like, oh shit, now I need to record the audio version um so it is a bit of a for me i'm like oh is this a sign that i don't really like doing this part of it but i probably just need to block some time and actually make like stay consistent with it and and i'll be sweet or even record it before the the email goes out but i was flying back from somewhere and i probably do some of my best work when i'm flying i'm just like ipad pencil everyone's chilling out and stuff i'm working like a madman just i just seem to be creative and have ideas and just be fired up um so i don't know what it is about planes for me but it's definitely a zone for me so i try and make good use of that and i sort of was like mate you need to there's people that don't want to read this shit mate step up turn it into an audio version load it up as a podcast get it done you can go a little bit deeper i'm like okay like talking to myself so i rolled off the plane drove home message my girlfriend she wasn't home she was away for the weekend and i was like i'm gonna start turning keep the change into an audio version she's like oh yeah awesome like of course you are you know fuck, you're always doing something and then <laughs> i think i messaged her you know how many hours later i was like right i've done eight episodes she's like what the hell like i just sat down with the the podcast equipment and just started going through them and i think i did about 15 batch recorded in the first couple of weeks but i didn't start until we'd done 52 weeks of the written version. So I had to go through and record 52 lessons. Um, and man, it was, it was, it was tough work to go back. I, I got huge respect for people that voice over their, their books into an audio version mm. and stuff. I, it must be, apparently you just lock yourself in a room for two days straight and just get it done. Get it, get it, get through it. And so like, what was the time yeah. course with, um, uh, Sarah Kelsey coming to do her internship with you guys, um, next advisory Make, making some audio content you doing this what, what was all that is it pretty interactive like kind of like yeah i've got to do this yeah um yeah she she yeah so as she would have said on her podcast with you she came and worked for us for a little bit and um yeah had her idea for her podcast and we we're like fuck yeah awesome like rip into it that's so good because 
I guess what I'm doing is similar in a way, but it's more me. It's kind of like lessons that I'm having. Um, Sarah's finding people that are actually like way smarter than me and getting them to explain <laughs> different different topics. I'm just spitting and out. And you're on there like seven times, Luke. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, so one, two, five, six. <laughs> so, so we kind of got Sarah started. I don't know if she – she probably did, I, I did listen to the podcast. I don't think she told you, but we were – like she recorded a few episodes and then my good mate Ben – Phil and I have made a lot of um, video content and stuff for Next Advisory and we'd been doing podcasts for Boys Get Paid and I'm like to Sarah, like, this is a great idea. I've got all the people you need. I've got, like, I know exactly what you need to do and who to introduce you to in terms of, like, by the time you leave here, you, you have to have released some of these. And I think she might have recorded, like, two or three episodes mm. and didn't hadn't let any of them go yet, like, release them. And... Ben and me and Phil go for lunch and we're, you know, Ben's at her and like, Ben's uh, just a mate of mine and does, you know, but he does helps out with next advisory content and stuff. And he's like, so Sarah, have you uh, released any of those podcasts yet? And she's going like, no, Ben. Uh, he's like, it's not fucking good enough. <laughs> so we just hard up the poor girl to be like, come on, just let it go. You know, just get it out there and, and break the back of it. Because once you're rolling, you know, you're sweet. You get rid of all those fears of like, what are people going to think? And what if they're not good enough and whatnot? But, yeah, so she she was ripping into that, um, and I don't know if we were doing our next advisory podcast by then. I don't know if we were, um, but I said to Phil, I was like, mate, I think you know we we probably should be playing in this space. We should be doing something. We've got so many pieces of content that we can be sharing for next advisory. <coughs> Excuse me, and you know, Phil's Phil's very. I'm very lucky with Phil. He's always like. Mate, you always got a random idea. Yep, I'm happy to give it a crack. If it doesn't work, we'll carry on and I won't take the piss out of you. So the number of things that I've made him do that he's like, fuck, are you serious, mate? Are we like, is this going to get us any clients? I'm like, probably not. You know, I don't know. We'll find out. Might get us um, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the podcast has been outstanding for Next Advisory because Phil really enjoys it and it's a very natural form of content for him. He finds writing really hard, storytelling hard, Um you know, video, if we have to sort of script it and do it, if it's not live, he doesn't like that as much. And so this has been great for us to be able to share lessons um, for clients and non-clients for Next Advisory. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Sarah was only with us for a little while and then she went into her job. Um, but it's very evident that she wasn't going to last in that. And that to, to me and to Phil, Phil was like, because I was, and I've told Sarah this, I was like worried that we were shaping setting her up to kind of get into her job of PwC and she'd be like, fuck, I don't want to do this. And Phil's sort of like, this is a really good opportunity. Um, you can go a long way in an organization like this. Like don't, you know, like make sure you squeeze it to make sure that it's you, you, you get the most out of it. And I'm kind of going like, come on, Phil. Like when Sarah's not around, like she's going to bend this, mate. She's not going to, she's not going to stick it out. Like she, she's going to get in there and be like, this isn't for me. And the sooner she does that, the better. And Phil's like, fucking don't plant ideas in her head, you know, let her figure it out for herself. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, <clears throat> Sarah texted me one day and she said she was into her job at this stage and was like, Hey, um, can I, can I call you about something? And I was like, bang, here it is. Like I knew before <laughs> she rang, she's going to be like, Oh, I'm not sure I want to do this. And so, yeah. So, I just said, look, it's sort of similar when I left my job. I'm like, I don't, it sounds like you've, I said to her, do you think this is a decision to quit this job? Is this a decision you would make in a year's time? Like, could you see yourself in this role in a year's time or five years time? She's like, no. And I'm like, well, the sooner you quit, 
the sooner you're going to free up your time to figure out like how you can make your life work and, and go and play around with some things that you want to be doing. And that's often advice I give to people that are thinking about quitting their job because it's when you quit your job and then start to become a bit more successful or start to make things work, I think, you know, you start to get questions from people being like, oh, should I quit my job? And I'm like, oh, holy shit, man. This is like playing with someone's life and mm-hmm. one phone call, you know? So I've had to try and build a bit of a framework for like, okay, before you do that, here's, are you thinking about these things and sort of try and figure out where people are thinking um, before just being like, yeah, do it. You'll figure it out because not everyone can figure it out. You know, it's not, it's not like that for everybody. Not everybody's the same, but yeah, we still have uh, uh, a lot to do with Sarah and yeah, it's awesome to see her flourish. It's great to see, like it means a lot to Phil and I to hear the way that she talks about us just supporting her to have a crack and what we thought was such a good idea. We're like, fuck yeah, you know, you don't want to sit around here for the summer doing sets of accounts or this boring accounting shit. We're like, yeah, get a podcast started. Like what mm-hmm. a great idea. Rip into it, you know, go. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome to see yeah, her growth. Yeah, it's interesting that the challenge of, of work, like um, when I graduated, went along to Specsavers and sort of found my feet uh, in about six months. And then by about a year, I was kind of like, so what are we doing next? And then it was kind of like, yeah. oh, now you've got to wait until uh, about 14 months and then you'll start the program. I was like, yeah, but what can I do right now? And yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, just kind of escalated. My, my brother found me an independent job and then they're like, uh, if you leave, you've got to pay us back the money. I'm like, oh, damn. And then by three or four months later, they were like, yeah, we really need somebody. We'll help you out. And uh, got got the move. And, and it was good. It just kind of like opened up my eyes. But, yeah, it, it's it's hard like when you're in, in, a, in a job that's like, you know, especially when you put your dreams in behind it and, or you've you've convinced yourself that something's a dream to then go, mm, mm. I've changed my mind on this. You know, and then, and then you have to like all those external people as well, like, we're talking about with making decisive decisions you know oh i don't want to let people down oh, i don't want to hurt the people oh they've given me a shot oh you know for the example of, yeah. of um when you get tied in as a graduate oh they, they paid me all this money they helped me through uni you're like oh but what am i doing <laughs> and yeah and actually especially when you're an employee and, and this is you know it's a, it's a tough balance between employers and employees but like if you're the employee and you're wasting your own time and you're wasting their time and your heart's not in it and you're not delivering the maximum well, maybe you are better off letting somebody else deliver maximum for them and, and you trying to optimise your life as well. It's so tough. And like yeah. you say, you, you don't want to be the person on the end of the phone being, you know, being flippant and going, yeah, quit your job, it's great, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of hard work and, and behind that. So, yeah, I think if people are, you know, not happy with what they're doing, I think the sooner you can address it and identify it and actually, you know, build a plan to to get out of that environment or figure out can you enjoy that environment differently so it might be just speaking to your boss or manager about what other work you could be doing that's going to be more fulfilling Mm. Um, but I think you get to a stage with some things where you know deep down like this isn't for me and you've just got to break the comfort zone and be like look you know I'll I'll go and find out what is going to work. There's a fascinating business book out there Um, it was kind of a philosophy my last employer had and it's about like this fishmongers in San Francisco that's apparently world famous for having really good attitude for everyone that works. And it's basically like trying to have a good attitude and work and, and making it work for you. But it's like an interesting um, 
dichotomy in a you know in a pandemic when everyone's stressed out and trying to have fun at work and you've you know the business is cutting pays and and the government sending yeah. out subsidies and stuff and it's like oh, try a fun at work right yeah it's it's, it's tough eh? <laughs> definitely i think you've got to find fulfillment in other areas of your life if you're battling in your job as well mm. like i'll say to people what can you do outside of your job that's going to um basically counterbalance the negativity or the drain that this job's taking out of you to ensure that you can last to the other side where you can do you know get a new job or or whatnot and i think we spend so much time at work so we're looking for fulfillment in that space but it's not always there so it's our job to identify when it's not there and be like sweet i need to do some things in my life outside of work that are going to build me back up to keep me happy otherwise i'm going to show up in relationships or in meetings and stuff just as a bitter person that's just pissed off of life mm. and, it's, and it's almost like one of the questions you guys ask what are we doing this for you know what is this mm. job facilitating for you what's it giving you an opportunity to do and um how are you implementing that out you know in your wider life yeah yeah definitely you brought up the the weights. What what's the deal with the sauna? And you got the the old aura on there, like uh, oh yeah, yeah, you're onto it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm fidgeting with it too, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, uh, mates who've been on on this podcast a couple of times, Tailored Health and Fitness, they've just come up with a um, well, I don't know if it's really yet, the fold patent for um protecting the thing, and I was like, oh, really? that's awesome. So then you can get your metrics while you're you're lifting those weights. Um, where did, where did the aura ring come in? I heard you talk about the decision to buy one. I'm in, the, I'm in that same spot of like, oh, I know when I've had a good sleep, but I'd love to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone uh, that's watching or, or listening, I'm showing the aura ring on the camera here, but it's just a ring with three sensors in it, and it has an app on your phone, and it's sort of tracking your movement throughout the day um, and then your movement during the evening. So last night, for instance, it's, it becomes kind of addictive. It's like game gamification, mm. I think they call it, where you sort of, in the morning, it's almost one of the first apps that I check is like, I kind of gauge how I think I've slept and then have a look at the data. And I'm like, holy shit, I woke up like six times in the last two hours. You know, what's going on there? Um, but they are a little bit gimmicky, I would say. Uh, that would sort of be my review. Like, it's good, but it's, I even got feedback from my girlfriend just sort of like, You've, you've almost become like obsessed at trying to improve your sleep, but for, you know, you become like a different person because I'm like, oh, you know, do you want a beer? Mm, actually, nah, because that, that's going to impact my sleep. And it's mm. like you, you start to change just the shit that you're doing because you're so much more aware to what's impacting you. And basically, in summary, if you drink and then sleep, you have a horrendous sleep. That's why you feel so shit the next day. And it just shows up. Like mine's like, you're sick, you know, do you want to put on rest mode? You must be unwell. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm just hung over actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it kind of came out of, uh, I started trying to like optimize my life or become like more efficient or more understanding of like when I say, for instance, I have a really good sleep and it gives you a readiness score when you're really ready for the day. I'll use those days where I'm like in real good nick and be like, sweet, I can get a shit ton done today and i can write i'll be creative i can bash out just so much stuff and i'll really squeeze those days so that's sort of how i've i've used it is trying to analyze what things i'll do on different days um 
but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. They're about to upgrade the model, and you've got to buy another one again for another two hundred and fifty US or something, and then uh, otherwise they're putting you onto like a subscription model. But yeah, certainly, um, certainly interesting. But it just I was researching. I've always sort of been fascinated about how to sleep better, and been listening to different podcasts around that stuff. And I used to. I had um, a sevens training manual from Scott Curry, who's in the sevens mm, team yeah. a long time ago. I was reading the nutrition guide. I was like, cherry tart for better sleep. My sweet, I'm off to the health 2000. Like, you guys got any cherry tart? Um, <laughs> you know, pretending I'm like an elite athlete myself. But as you start to try and perform better, you're like, oh, how can I squeeze more out of myself? And you start to sort of treat yourself in business or the things that you're doing um, just like an Olympian or a sports person would with their life. And like, okay, how can I improve my nutrition, my sleep, my recovery, um, all those types of things. So that's sort of where it came from. And um, I'd seen like a few people wearing them and started digging into them and thought, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order one. Yeah. No, and it's interesting you bring up that um, mindset of stealing things from Olympic athletes. Uh, there's a really good uh, doctor who's into longevity um, in the States called Peter Atier, and that's sort of – his client base is elite um, executives and yeah, tr- basically treating them like elite athletes and um, yeah, yeah bor- borrowing nutrition. Uh, and I think that's where the sort of, you know, people like to call it the keto fad where, where it became popular, came out of that, came out of Sil- Silicon Valley and same with fasting, like again, Silicon Valley, just these guys trying to optimize life and optimize longevity and, and get the most out of their day, like you say, squeeze the most out of these optimal days. Um, yeah. Th- that's where all that comes from because um, do you listen to Lex Friedman at all? The, um, no, I don't. Oh, he's like into AI and neuroscience and that sort of stuff. And he'll do like a one meal a day carnivore style diet. And he just reckons like his, his sleep is horrific. And he's talked to Matthew Walker, um, the guy that wrote Why We Sleep. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's optimal. He's like, yeah, but I'm like just trying to get the most out of this and like do, what does he call it? Do deep work and, and figure out. Yeah. Consciousness for robots. You're like, that's intense. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are beyond me. Eh? They're too smart for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said about yeah. that elite mindset. What sort of level did you play football at? A very average, mate. Um, in like the Taranaki Premiership division. So just yeah, your classic sort of Saturday, Saturday football. Yeah. Um, nothing special at playing against like the, the first 11s from the high schools and each, each town's top team. Mm-hmm. basically and i um yeah i played left back which was just like a lot of running up and down the up and down the wing but i loved um loved training tuesday thursday would train i was fit as shit i'd always try and be an example and turn up to pre-season like the fittest person to mm-hmm. be like lads pre-season doesn't start here it starts before pre-season that kind of mindset because i knew i could couldn't bring to the football um paddock what these guys could and it was interesting with then I noticed some of the other guys kind of like following behind that sort of leadership and we would just crush teams in the first few weeks because we've been so fit. Um, But then the other teams would start catching up in such a long season. But yeah, I I just enjoyed the camaraderie and you're playing with older guys and then younger guys and having a chance to um, try and empower them or lift them up and, um, you know, show, show that it's not always about, just being like really good at something to to be able to contribute to a team. Yeah, and as a competition, was it pretty tight, or was there just sort of the two, three top teams and everyone else fighting it out? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. We we slowly started getting better. Um, admittedly, once I left, things started getting really good, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was the I legacy. Got to go mate. back. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It was finally peaking. Um, yeah. I got to go back and watch them in a couple of finals and stuff and, yeah, got on the beers with them after and celebrated like I was part of the team. But, yeah, it was cool to see them, yeah, it was cool to see them, you know, be rewarded for the hard work that they put in. So that was the, the Altham Football Club. I usually sponsor someone to play, so I pay for their subs now um, each year for somebody that's in the area that may not necessarily be able to afford um, the subs and and it's doing it a little bit tougher and so that's sort of my way of giving back because that club gave me a lot just in terms of it just gave me a lot of happiness and fulfillment and mates and stuff and guys that I still talk to so just a bit of a way for me to to pay back what was a good time for me. Mate that's fantastic have you come across the water boy there in, in Waikato? Yeah who's that? Um, so they're actually being managed by um, Dwayne Sweeney currently, um, which is cool. But uh, yeah. um, good, good man, one Thomas Nabs. He started it up uh, around 2017, um, and yeah, the concept basically is they make content for for companies, and the company sponsors um, a, a child to go through sport. Yeah, it's it's Wicked. absolutely awesome. Yeah, so they've been running a good <laughs> while while now. Yeah, I feel like I might have read about this actually. You know, it rings a bell. Yeah. yeah. Old, cool. um, Good George is a, is a key sponsor. Um, yeah. Lugden's Real Estate up there in Hamilton. Yeah, they sweet. They've been doing great things, there, and, and especially now, five years on, like the journey of some of these kids is just fantastic, like life changing. You know, just yeah. getting involved in sport and and mentors and connecting with business and just getting a whole new outlook on on things. A bit like you were saying with the Olympics and and school. You yeah. know, just all of a sudden you've got this external thing to attach your ideas to that you never had, and and, and it's amazing. Yeah. When before I left them, I like last week because you got to clean the kit. Um, <laughs> that's like you know once a season or whatever. And so I was it was my turn before I finished up and moved up to Auckland. And um, I, I have this big belief that like we don't tell people what they're good at because we just don't know whether we're backwards in New Zealand or we're sort of that tall poppy type stuff or those conversations are hard or we don't like talking about it. But I wrote like a handwritten note for each of the people that were playing and put it on top of their jersey for them to to have before the game of just like, this is what I see in you as a person. This is what I've enjoyed playing football with you. Um, or this is, you know, what I can see that maybe you can't see about yourself. And for me, that was just like such a no-brainer to do. Um, and often, like, I'll still hear from some of those lads been like, fuck, you know, that's the only time somebody's ever hmm. told me that, you know, I'm good at this or that, that someone's done something like that for me. And I'm like, man that's pretty cool to like leave that. But I'm like, what, where are we going wrong? Why can't we do that for, for each other? You know, I'm sure we'd lift each other up slowly. Yeah, mate. I was just had that thought. That's also like really, really cool. But at the same time, I'm quite sad that, you know, that's the reaction you get. Like internally um, uh, with journaling had in gratitude, how do you find that sort of lifts you, lifts you up? I'm sort of trying to practice daily, getting a cool quote, some gratitude, yeah. some affirmations and who I am and then just this concept of thinking about me and the future self and the things I'm great or the steps grateful for the steps I took to be in that future self position like what's it what's it doing for you yeah nice uh there's a few things that that makes me think of so in terms of gratefulness that's something I started practicing maybe a couple years ago now and I set an alarm for 9 30 every evening and it was just a reminder like right oh I need to write down some shit in my phone and Mm. I started it in a time that life was like really like i say it's bad but compared to somebody else's bad it wasn't bad it was just like a rough patch for me and i just started writing down three things that i was grateful for started doing them in my notes app on my phone now i do it in a hard copy book um, mm. that i've got here 
that I do um, every yeah, every night. And I might miss the odd night, but it's just a good time to stop and be like, right, like what was good about my day today? And it's very, very seldom that you'll have a day where you're like, I can't fight, find anything to write about. And it's mm. always the simple things like last night, for instance, I went for a swim mm. and it was just like wicked, like went and jumped off a wharf and went for a swim. And you notice that it's not the it's not the things that you think it, it might be like it's these, oh, I'm grateful that I got a flash car or something like that. It's always just like the real simple things because the the flash cars and stuff, they run out of excitement at some stage as well. So I try and write down like if we get a new lead, uh, if I do like a conversation like this, if we win a client, like always try and be grateful for those types of things because you never want to basically be like, take you know start taking that stuff for granted. So things in, in just in relationships and when you're feeling happy and, even if I get like beat up a little bit, being like, sweet, I'm grateful that I that, that client left us or that this person said this about me, but you know, I'm still I'm still me and I'm still gonna get up tomorrow and we're gonna keep kicking some ass. So even if I get beat up a little bit or start losing, I'll often be like, Okay, I'm grateful for that, that it's not affecting me massively. Whereas an older version of myself will probably be mm. thinking about this for the next three, three years. I'm glad and grateful that I'm not like that anymore. Um, in terms of like June. Journaling. I or one of the other things at that same time in the evening, I write down my goals that I'm focusing on. So I've set goals at the start of the year, and then basically every night now I'll write them down and be like, right, you know, these are what they are as a reminder um, to am I actually moving closer to them? And one thing that I'm not doing at the moment, what I was doing, is meditation. I was meditating for ten minutes a day, and as we went into lockdown, like I just dropped it. And so I'm writing down. That was one of my goals was to meditate more. So it's been a good reminder for me. I'm writing it down, and I'm like, hang on, mate, you're writing down that your goal is to meditate, but you you're not doing it. Fuck, something's broken here. So what's broken is I'm not basically setting a reminder to then recreate the habit of like, mm. mate, you need to stop and you need to actually meditate. So that's a really good reminder. Um, I started sort of journaling each each night. I found that really hard and I didn't really enjoy it. I probably didn't stick with it long enough to, to get enough out of it. But I sort of find like I write for BGP once a week. I write for Keep the Change once a week. Mm. I write for Next Advisory twice a week. So I'm sort of scribbling out four things to go out onto social media and out to the public. Oh, might have run out of battery. Came up. How did I think about that? In terms of that future version of yourself, I reckon this is one of the most awesome concepts to try and understand is that if you want to be someone in the future, you need to set yourself up to start being that person today. Mm. And as an example, today we're working with a guy who is going to end up having about 30 staff. And he's like, you know, sometimes I freak out about this, I freak out about this, blah, blah, blah. And we're like digging, digging, like how come, you know, what's driving that, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, because I still look at myself and think like, oh shit, I only ever thought that I'd have three or four staff. And I'm like, sweet, there's the answer. So I'm like, so when you walk out of this room today, out of next advisory, you no longer look at yourself as a person that employs three to four people. You look at yourself and you see someone that employs 30 to 40 people and you provide enough for their families and there's enough money to go around and that's comfortable and you know you knew the whole time that this was going to be possible. He's like, I get it. But you can't set yourself up. Like you can't become somebody that you can't see that you can become. So basically 
like we'll trap ourselves in our limitations based on, you know, not actually understanding we need to set ourselves up to be that person. And that's why you'll often hear successful people when they'll say, oh, did you, you know, did you think this would happen? And it's like, well, and you'll hear them say like, yeah, I did because I'd been, like I already saw myself as this person or I already saw myself as this champion or this winner or, or whatever. So I don't, no one seems to teach that, but it's, you know, it's very evident when you start studying successful people, they're like, yeah, I thought I was that person five years ago and now I am. Yeah, I know. I read that in the Winner's Bible when I was about 10 or so. So yeah, that's nice. that's where I got that idea from. You know, yeah. again, thank for whoever gave me that book. <laughs> Legend. Yeah. yeah. Mate, um, we started off with uh, talking about betting, um, and uh, I, I was talking to my brother, you know, talking about like uh, limiting voices and things like that, talking to my brother the other night about um, sent, sent through the the uh, position statement, and on it I had yeah. as an asset some Bitcoin, and, it, yeah. and it, was, it was the same day as the Melbourne Cup, and, and I said, so... I I understand a bit about it. I sort of got introduced to it in 2017. Was listening to a lot of Tim Ferriss at the time and hearing about Bitcoin and blockchain and all all the rigmarole and and lots of people yeah. at the time sort of said, "Hey, you should buy someone." I was like, "I have no spare cash and like I can't." Yeah. Bet that. And and finally, sort of uh, end of last year, I was like, "Oh, there's some cash that I've got nothing to do with. I don't need it. Um, let's let's get in the game and and you Sweet. know." Sort of now thinking that like, hey, this is this is too small enough to be significant, but I'm going to understand this platform and dived into and listened to some podcasts, more podcasts on it, um, all the applications for it, um, even listening to you guys, uh, you and you and yeah. uh, is it uh, Mikey, Mikey here talking yeah. about it, like, yeah, how 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 are you finding the the bit versus possibilities of of uh, cryptocurrencies, bitcoins, Ethereum's, you know, Doges. Yeah. So I don't, I've got Bitcoin and Ethereum and my, my thinking was um, I started understanding it probably like you, I'd had exposure to it and I had mates talking about it. And I was like, if I don't research something for myself, I'm usually a, Hey, sorry, mate, I'm not keen to talk about that. I don't want to know about it. And I'm not like, I'm not on that buzz yet. But if I then go away and do like research on something, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, dive into that space and talk about it. As an example, someone messaged me this morning and was like, hey, mate, can you get your thoughts on NFTs? And I'm like, mate, it's not mm-hmm. my thing. It doesn't excite me much. I'm not your guy. He's like, sweet, all I needed to know. But other people probably crush it with NFTs and that's cool, but it's just not, for me, it's not my thing yet. I got introduced to Bitcoin and whatnot, 2017. Um, just like, nah, I don't want to know about that. Didn't have any spare money and stuff. And was just like, nah, that sounds just way over my head. Leave me out of it. Then I'd sort of, I'd been watching, I'd been learning about it. I started learning more about the economy. I noticed that countries were printing money all around the world. And I'm like, fuck, this isn't right. Like this can't work. Like if, if we if they can just print more money, then surely the money I'm holding onto is getting devalued because there's just more of it now. And so I started looking at whether I could buy some gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, the office building that we're in now, there's a gold um business downstairs mm-hmm. and i've got physical gold in the in the basement so I, I brought some exposure to gold through like etfs and stuff and that's actually gone backwards mm-hmm. um and then it yeah that kind of because i was looking at gold as a protection for like a store of wealth over time and stuff and i was like well hang on this is what people are saying about bitcoin and i'm like if 
if this keeps going the way I think it's going to go with more money printing and stuff, people are going to be like, well, gold's not working. What is working? And so I thought mm. I'm going to buy some of this Bitcoin stuff. I'd seen how much it was being used, um, stable coins in the gambling industry and thought there's something here. So I brought some Bitcoin and well, I went to buy some and it was like, oh, maybe I'll wait. And I think it was 14 grand New Zealand at that stage. And then like the next week when I looked at it, it was like 21 grand. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, this thing's moved like 30% in, in a week or something. I'm like, hell, what the hell? Um, anyway, I dabbled, put some money in. And I always think like, if you want to understand something, how it works for me, I have to do it. Like I actually have to, you know, have a crack at it to then really get it. Um, and then I can teach others if I, if I want to teach others with that. And then I thought, well, if Bitcoin keeps going up in price, People's psychology is going to be, oh, what's the next best one? And I thought, so I'm not looking into Ethereum and trying to understand how that works. So then I started buying that at $1,000 New Zealand. Um, and then again, at like 2000 I think at the moment it's 6000 something. So I sort of tripled my money on that if I sold it, but I haven't sold it. So it's unrealized. Um, but yeah, it's definitely fascinated me. What I've liked about that space is I think it's, it's like the smartest people in the world working on this new type of technology and i've always thought for a long time and kind of from the research and stuff that i've done that the world's completely changing to this connected networking abundance technology type environment and we don't need to be physically working hard anymore like the generations before us started doing that and the geeks are going to be the ones that become the richest people in the world and they're going to be you know, the people that everyone looks up to and, and it's already happened, you know, like look at Elon and you're like, man, this dude is just on another level. Like he literally wants to go to another planet. And most mm-hmm. of us are thinking, fuck, it'd be good to fly to Australia right now. And we can't, you know, going he's like, I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, I start looking at, Austin, so then I'll start researching what they think about different areas and stuff. And then, you know, I just slowly started putting a bit more money in. I had more disposable income that, I wasn't, you know, I'm not planning on buying a house anytime soon. So I needed a way to protect that mm. money if I did want to go and buy a house, for instance, because house prices were starting to run up in price. So I just sort of kept accumulating. But where it gets tricky is that if you sell in New Zealand, you get taxed on your gains. So you've got to pay tax on that. Yeah, how's, um, that, how's that working at the moment? Because back in 2017, like one of my earliest episodes was with uh, an accountant in Cambridge, Tim Doyle. And that was like, as we were talking about, the early days, and they were kind of going, oh, I think we know how to how to apply the yeah. text to this. Like, how's how's that been? What's the what's the chat like amongst the accounting community? You should, still, I think I think we yeah. know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. You should get Tim back on, mate, and see what yeah. his thoughts are because you might not be able to because he might be so busy because he's getting so many calls about what do I do with this? Like, even I've had to email him every now and then. I'm like, mate, what's the go here? Um, he's an expert in that space. I would say I refer people. To I see, no, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a small, small community of the old accounting bunch, especially <laughs> when you get down to the GC version of the, uh, you know, who are the good buggers in the accounting industry. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. We, we hear that in optometry as well, actually, the GCs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's only so many you want to network with and the rest are like, oh, great, it's been really good to see you again. Yeah, I'll see you at the next networking thing. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's basically if, if you buy it and then you sell it at a gain, you've got to pay tax on that gain as sort of our – current tax legislation it may change uh, but that obviously means that if you're going to sell like it disincentivizes cashing back out a little bit mm. um, here in New Zealand because you're going to lose a portion of it to tax so I haven't but it's like anything as you start to make more money and start to make 
money off investments, you're like, well, I kind of didn't need that money when I invested it because I was mm. prepared to lose it. I still don't need it now. Like, when do I sell? And so that's, I think, how a lot of people get caught out because they don't actually set a plan for, okay, you know, do I want to do this? Part of what I wanted to do was I'm going to put 10 grand in. If I can forex it, I'll pull 40K out and be like, mean, I've got basically two thirds of a salary for a staff member or a, an admin assistant for my life or whatnot. After it was probably like two X, I was like, well, I should probably just you know, start hiring someone to help with that shit anyway. And then you start finding other ways to make money to repay like that wage cost that's going out. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't need to sell that Bitcoin anymore. And it four X's and I'm like, well, do I execute my plan or do I leave it? Um, so it's a, it's a tricky one because I think that's what you, you hear so many people stay when a market crashes, they're like, Oh shit, I should have sold out. And it's like, yeah, but you, but you wouldn't have because you're not even thinking about it. Cause you're like, well, I don't need the money. So, so it's mm -hmm. a bit of a, I think for people getting into those spaces, they want to think about why they're doing it. And, you know, if you need the money and you make some gains, like take, take some profit off the table, for instance, um, and try and go into investing with like a bit of a, a plan because otherwise you just keep accumulating and you're sitting there going like, oh, I don't really need this cash. And if something does tank, you always beat yourself up of like, maybe I should have taken those profits. Like everybody thinks like that. I've got a client who's wanting to sell something at a massive price at the moment. And now that interest rates have gone up, the buyers offered him less. He's like, I should have sold. And I was like, yeah, but hang on, mate, you didn't. Like you said, no. And I'm like, now this person's offering you less. Like, fuck them. Make them pay more. Mm -hmm. um, it's still worth what it was worth. And he's like, no, but they, they can't afford that anymore. And I was like, that's their problem, not yours. Like, mm -hmm. interest rates have gone up for them, not for you. Don't worry yeah. about it. But we get emotional on the best price and stuff like that, which can often, you know, be a bad way to look at things. Yeah, and I think at the other end of the spectrum, like um, when I started my blog, I started writing my journey out of debt. And I was super stoked by it. And then it was kind of like my journey to buying a house. But then it yeah. was kind of like, what do I do? What do I do now? You know, I'd been at uni for seven years being broke, you know, a couple of grand overdrawn with accumulating this, this student loan. And then it was like getting into being paid and like, what do you do with it? And you just like floated it away. And then it got to the point where a credit card got racked up and you're like, what, what the hell yeah. just happened there? Like, yeah. Five years ago, I was stoked. I was like, yeah, I got out of debt. It was awesome on the track for a house. And then it was the opposite way around. It was just like, okay, I need a new mind, mindset to this. And it's kind of like, how does someone who has money execute on that? What is the plan? What is it for? You know, having a goal yeah. for your savings so you actually do do something with it instead of just yeah. getting to the end of the fortnight and be like, oh, that was a fun fortnight. Can't remember where everything yeah. went. <laughs> I got to the stage, bro, where I would um – I rang my sister and I was like, yo, I'm starting to make some good cash here. I've got plenty of cash. I'm going to send it to you. And she's like, okay, bro, what's up? And I'm like, I can't trust myself. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Like, I'm going to send this to you until I can actually trust myself with money again because I've just taught myself to get it and just wreck it and get rid of it and like piss it up against the wall or do dumb shit or, you know, have big weekends or trips away or whatever and then be like, oh, sweet, I'm sort of back to square one. And so I read this concept about how like often we'll have a figure when it comes to money mm. and that'll be that'll be like our ceiling. So it'll be like, I've never had more than 10 grand. And so then you, like we we're talking about before, if you don't set yourself up to be the future version of yourself, you get stuck there. And so you get 12 grand and then you're like, 
I might go and buy this. And then you've got nine grand again. And you're like, oh, I just got to get back to 10 grand. And then you get back to 10 grand and you're like, oh, I swear to God, 10 grand again. Then a dentist bill comes in and you're like, shit, I've got seven. And you seem to get stuck. And for me now, I'm like, okay, I've, like, I could relate to that. I'm like, I did that a number of times. So now I'm like, I'm a millionaire. Like it's inevitable that I'll become a millionaire. So I'm teaching myself now, okay, what would a millionaire do with this 10 grand? You know, mm. if you're really going to be a millionaire, what are you, where are you going to allocate this 10K? You're going to go and have a bender with the lads and, you know, waste a whole heap of it or pay for everyone's round or buy some you know, random shit and then be like, oh, well, you know, I can make another 10 grand over the next whatever. Like you've got to start to set yourself up to get closer mm. to that goal. Yeah, and that's where like looking at farm prices and, and like what does it take? And it's like two and a half million. And you're like, cool. So that's that's what I'm. How how do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you like, need a bank. <laughs> yeah, like all well, like last year trying to get into a practice, and it's like, yeah, you need you know a few hundred thousand dollars for that. And you're like, right, okay. I need yeah, to, I need to change what I'm doing and, and, and move yeah. it around. And it was funny you're talking about how like back to Bitcoin, like the gold idea. Um, in in your chat with Mikey, you brought up Peter Schiff, and like that was my like yeah. two, 2017 excuse was like, oh no, Peter Schiff said like stick stick it in gold, get yourself this gold credit card. And it's like that was my like, oh yeah, there's my off, there's my off ramp, but don't need yeah. to worry about Bit- Bitcoin anymore. And then I, I didn't buy gold yeah. either, so I, you know that was all that was full, all full of shit. But it was a great it was a great excuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's interesting who we'll hold on to for information now often we've kept the change people will message me and say hey man what's the best platform to buy mm. crypto on i'm like yeah you know, i did a whole podcast on it i'm like you're asking the wrong question you know you're only asking that question because you don't want to take action i'm like fuck which is the best one you want to ask which is the one that's going to work so you can get from your salute you know from where you are now to your desired outcome you know you want some crypto go and buy some don't get stuck in the weeds of like, oh, what's the best platform? You know, who's got a cheaper rate? Should I be on Shearsy? Should I be on Hatch? Mm. Like, what are you trying to achieve? I want some shares. Sweet. They both work. Get it done. You know, don't, we put, try and put this information in the middle of us to be like, I just want to make sure I get this perfect. The world doesn't work like that, right? Yeah, man, it's the same with podcasting. Those headphones that you've got right there um, was a good 150 episodes of of iPhone headphones before I bought this mic and then it was another like- It's crisp, mate. It's- yeah, another yeah, like 60, 60 or so before I got the the studio set up. So I was like, yeah, don't don't even don't even worry about it. Just the the thing about yeah. podcasts is, is it in people's ears and are people listening to it? You know, yeah, and, smart. Um, and um, beware that it's probably going to be ten because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you don't want don't worry about that. Yeah, you just um, oh keep, mate, you've done you, you've done bloody well to get to you're over two hundred episodes. You know, like that's a that's a hell of a uh, feat. You know, I don't think. You know, we we haven't next advisory or well, probably have a BGP, but it's it's hard to stay consistent in this game. Yeah, there's there's the odd, you know after two years, there's been the odd sort of week or so, like moving house. That was a big problem getting the, getting the internet up again. But like, yeah, it, it's it just becomes like you get on the roll and you're like, what am I interested in right now? Who do I want to talk to right now? And um, yeah, and yeah, c- currently it's you know this this finance buzz you know about to mortgage is going to tick off in the start of next month, and it's like, geez, good. Got to have my ducks in the row this time because last time that didn't end up too much fun and and uh, yeah got to the end of it and I was like all right all the debt's gone what's left oh mm, not too much left anymore um starting yeah out. yeah yeah mate so um you're across many channels where where do where do people find you um 
Oh, mate, where do I start? You know, we need the business card. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you want to learn about financial literacy? That's keepthechange.co.nz or search that on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you want to have a bet, then that's all good, but do it in moderation. That's boys get paid. And girls are more than welcome as well. Boys get paid was just a catch cry that we had. We would high five and be like, and the boys get paid. So that's where that uh, saying came from. You can find that Instagram, Facebook, um, or you know, website, that same sort of stuff. And then next advisory, all the same channels, and that's accounting and, and business advice. We do uh, a lot of content for that. We've done a couple of webinars to help business owners and stuff out with that as well. So we're just trying to give back across each of those um, you know, avenues. And that's part of with Next Advisory why we wanted to, what we wanted to build was a business that paid us money that we were happy with, but at the same time freed us up to actually do some of the things that we wanted to do. So if I wanted to accept the directorship in the racing space, I could do that and still run Next Advisory or I could run a big event for BGP and not be like, oh, well, you know, I have to ask for leave to be able to do that or that sort of thing. So Often I'll be in here, Phil will be bashing out something for next advisory and I'm scheming up the next meeting to try and unlock a next chapter for Keep the Change or for BGP and stuff. And, you know, I've been very lucky with him that he's very accepting um, of the different things that I work on. But equally for him, he knows that, you know, I'll stay here till nine o'clock at night if I have to or I'll, you know, we just hold each other to account and have high standards and make sure that clients don't get left behind because that's when shit starts going backwards. So, yeah. Across those uh, those avenues, mate, you can you can find us on most social platforms. Not too big into the TikTok yet, just being lazy realistically. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, not another social media platform. And um, I can see it's highly addictive, so I've been very careful. I turned the alerts off on that one pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I, uh, I was proud of my screen, screen time yesterday, and I think it would be just as good today on, on TikTok. I think it was like 25 minutes. I was like, yeah, good, good. Keep, keep, that, keep, keep that on. Mate, um, you uh, do a lot of things. Um, so how do you make sure you're on the right track? What keeps you in flow? Is it like a, a mantra, an idea, or, or a way you live your life? What, what keeps it going well, man? Yeah, i just very good at um, listening to myself and figuring out, okay, like, am I happy? Am I energized? Um, it's very evident with me if, if I'm off, like if I'm like tired or like people closest to me will be like, fuck, something's up with him. And that doesn't happen often, but I try and spot it before they spot it now. Mm. And there might even be times where like, I'll just start feeling a bit flat or kind of lacking creativity. And I'm like, I need to get back out to nature. And so I might go up Mount Hobson's my favorite here mm. in Auckland just watch the world go around and be like, man, people built all of this shit, <laughs> you know, as such a good reminder of how you're thinking too small in a moment and going, I'm just worried about all these little things. And every time I do something like that, I'm like, I find a solution. It just comes to me. And yeah, so I think getting back to nature is like really, really powerful for people if they're looking for kind of answers or, or just like a bit of inspiration or creativity or just, you know, just lost their way a little bit, but writing down goals every night is a good way to remind me of, okay, am I, what things am I doing to get me closer to those things? Do those goals really even matter anymore? Are they as important on the 1st of January or today as they were on the 1st of January? That sort of thing. Um, I hired a PT this year who's like changed up my diet and my training and really like balanced back up my back, which I um, buggered by 
trying to do too much on the old leg press and pop mm-hmm. the old bottom vertebrae. Oh, and, shit. You know, yeah, mate, you know, leg pressing 40 kegs with these tiny pins I've got and still <laughs> busted it. But um, so that, but that's been cool, like being given me like a real good ego check of making me do everything properly. Mm. And um, I kind of, as a, like it, making me do things properly to a point where I'm like, fuck, this is embarrassing how low this weight is and like how he's, you know, basically saying I can't do this properly and people are looking at me being like, oh, shit, you know. Um, so it's like a good, you know, you need those ego checks every now and then to be like, yeah, you know, you think you're hot shit or you think you're making good success in areas of your life, but something also is getting neglected at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that, that's been good, good fun and just challenged like some of the ways that I've thought about things and it's encouraged me to be coachable as well because that's what we need from our clients is them to be listening, coachable, so if I can't practice that, then how am I going to expect my clients to do that? So it's a bit of show them that we're living into what we're effectively encouraging other people to do. Um, being grateful, asking people to to tell you when they think something might be wrong with you. I'm very lucky where mates will check in with me and be like, um, I got a really cool message at the start of lockdown actually from a dude that I just met through the gym. And he was like, man, like a, I just wanted to send you a message and make sure you're all right because I just see you giving yourself so much to so many different people that um, you probably don't get many people making sure that you're all right. And I was like, mate, like I really appreciate that as a, another dude. And I'm like, That's such a cool thing from a guy to be able to say to another dude. And I've got a few mates that, you know, that do that. And I think it's, if you're not like being willing to say actually something's up here um, or, or what, which, yeah, I'm very lucky those things don't happen too often for me. But, man, I'm just like anyone, if you overindulge in substances that aren't good for you, uh, fuck, the next week is, is uh, you know, not ideal and you've got you've to get back to basics and, and get back into a healthy diet and mm-hmm. um, be like, look, I'm just feeling like this for the moment because it's self-inflicted. And do I want to do this again? Do I want to, you know, I'm sure we've all drunken too much at some stage and be like, I'm not drinking again. I'm not drinking massively. I'm never going to get drunk again, whatever. And then you might end up back there or whatnot. But um, yeah, you've got you've to notice when it starts to really like take a toll, whatever that substance is, whether it's, you know, drinking or through to just things that you're doing that aren't necessarily good for you. Yeah, mate, um, Friday night down, down with my mates and pubs in North, uh, it was it was a little bit of the uh, too much wine and beers in town, but then I think the real kicker was staying up till 3am watching NRL highlights. Um, so <laughs> we needed that aura. We needed that. We didn't yeah. need that aura ring to tell us we had all had a shit sleep. That was for sure. It was um, yeah, yeah, a, a big a big breakfast and a, a few hits of uh, golf balls before we all started to sort of realise that, that the, day, the day was happening. Yeah, no, and um, yeah, this week it's been uh, some steak and vegetables. That's that's for sure. Just like. And get some sun. Thankfully, it's been good, good weather here. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Bloody awesome, Luke. Well, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. You're a busy man. And uh, this cool, has been mate. awesome. And uh, hopefully these borders do get open by Christmas and uh, might run into you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, mate. Yep. Sing out if you're, if you're up this way and vice versa. And, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always good to share a bit of the old story and see who we can inspire and you know, what uh, nuggets we can leave behind for people. So you're doing a hell of a job yourself, mate, and um, I hope people you know, are appreciative of the content that you're putting out there. Cheers, mate. We'll end it there. Traditionally, I always wondered how you got into the share market. Looking at major platforms of managed funds, it was always 
massive amounts, over $2,000, $5,000 in order to get into the share market. And I always sat there wondering, how the hell do I build wealth? Anyway, COVID-19 last year, came across sharesies, boom, was able to enter the share market with just $5. If you'd like to start investing in the share market, check out the link in the show notes and get $5 to go towards your first investment. Check it out. Sharesies, investing made easy.